there's a new business in town. Golden Touch Mobile Detailing. If you're in the Richmond, Virginia area and tired of riding dirty, or you appreciate a deep clean, book an appointment with Golden Touch Mobile Detailing. It's not your average car wash. Full interior and exterior cleaning, and Golden Touch Mobile Detailing comes to you. It's the attention to detail to make you a returning customer. Follow the Instagram at Golden Touch RVA and book your appointment. I guarantee you'll be riding clean. This podcast is a walk in the life of entrepreneurship. We will interview people from all walks of life, but have one thing in common. They have taken risks, went against the grain, and rose to the occasion to thrive in their purpose. This podcast will be a source of knowledge, inspiration, and proof that greatness can be born from the ground up. From the ground up. From the ground up. What's going on, everybody? This is the Ground Up Podcast. I'm your host, Aaron, and this is... Keisha Rock. And this is episode 41. You guys know what to do. Listen, learn, and most importantly, be inspired. Today, we are bringing you Jillian Todd, virtual CFO for creatives, owner of Atlantic Bookkeeping and Finance. Welcome, Jillian. Oh my gosh, I love the applause. Thank you so much. I'm so (laughs) glad to be on the show. I love that. I love the applause. Oh my goodness. So I gave a very brief introduction of you. Tell us a little bit more about yourself. Where are you from and where are you located? Yeah, so I'm actually based in Atlanta, Georgia. I'm an Atlanta native. Um, we don't say hot Atlanta, but we do say AT aliens. Okay. <laughs> so that's, that's, that's where I am um, currently. All right. Nice. So virtual CFO for creatives. Right. CFO, what does that mean? And explain a little bit more about what it is that you do. Yeah, totally. So CFO stands for Chief Financial Officer. Um, and it's actually really funny. So when most people think of accountants or CFOs, they think of like old white dudes wearing pantsuits. Absolutely. Um, right. Yeah, the people who are listening can't see me, but I am a black queer woman with no hair, right? So I'm the <laughs> complete opposite of that. Um, and so I kind of take that approach to finances as well, right? Like I want to take money and your personal finances and your business finances from this thing that feels really overwhelming, super stressful, like you're sweating through your clothes, going to go meet your accountant to something that feels like real relatable. Like, Hey, I've got you. Let's figure out something that works for you. That works for your business. Right. I'm not about setting up systems that are going to kind of like, I said, overwhelm you. My whole thing is money confidence. Right. So how can we take you from this place of feeling scared, anxious, unsure about your money, afraid to check your bank account to really feeling empowered, really knowing this is what I'm bringing in every single month. This is what I'm paying myself. This is what I need to hit my financial goals. So I really take an empowering approach to it. But basically what I do is help uh, my clients with their business finances and personal finances. So managing your cash flow, planning for tax time. If you have a team, what does payroll look like? basically all the ins and outs of your business and personal finances. That is, that is wonderful. And I think so needed in so many businesses and just in so many people's lives, you know, money is money can be very overwhelming, but it's a necessity, right? So how can we let money be a tool and use it to the best of our advantage and, you know, continue to level up and build wealth. So, I mean, that's amazing. Did you, have you always had like a hack for money? How did you, how did this come to be? Oh my gosh, no. So it's actually really funny. Every time I tell this story, I'm like, oh, memories. Um, so I actually was a spender growing up. So um, 
I was always the kid, like I got my allowance, it'd be like $10 or whatever. I was immediately gone. Like as soon as we went to the store, I spent it all on candy and gum <laughs> and toys and like basically whatever I can get my hands on. And then the next week I was sad when I couldn't go to the movies with my friends. Um, and so that habit actually carried me into adulthood. Um, and I was studying finance at, after studying finance at UGA, like, you know, I knew this stuff textbook, but I could not figure out how to actually get myself to follow a budget, to stick to the plan, to do the things that I knew on paper, knew in my head that I should be doing. Right. Um, and so it was through my own journey of like, okay, what is the underlying need or fear? What is it that I'm trying to solve by overspending, by neglecting my finances, mm -hmm. by honestly doing too much, right? And so by actually looking at those things, figuring out, hey, I'm overspending because I really want to feel loved, taken care of, like I can have nice things, like I'm not struggling all the time. I was able to build those things into my life, into my budget without necessarily spending money. And it allowed me to hit my financial goals. Right. Um, and so that's kind of my own personal story. And that's how I kind of lead my clients through their own goals as well, right? So let's look into the ways that you personally love to self-sabotage. How can we set you up for success? I'm not gonna give you a formula because it works well with me or it might work well with you, right? Like we're gonna lean into the things that you're already doing that already work well for you. If checking your bank account gives you anxiety, we're gonna minimize that, right? I'm not gonna force you to do things that are already hard, that are already frustrating. We're gonna lean into your strengths. Um, and so that's kind of my story. That's kind of how I got to where I am today. How did you turn this into a business? Like what led you to entrepreneurship? Yeah, so um, it's actually really funny. I feel like it's how a lot of people find entrepreneurship. I worked for a small startup in collections, honestly. Um, oh, right so you were college. that guy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you were the caller. <laughs> well, it was business collections. It wasn't personal collections. So okay. that made me feel a little bit better about it. But it still, I mean, was collections. I didn't love it. And I was like, okay, I have this degree. I know I can make good money. What can I be doing so that I'm not here? And so I started a bookkeeping business. I had a friend at the time at a landscaping company. She needed help with her finances. Mm. Um, and so it kind of went on from there. So I started doing bookkeeping, like behind the scenes work for landscaping companies, construction. Um, and then eventually they led me to my first interior design client. Wow. And that's how I really found creative. So like now I work with a lot of artists, musicians, photographers. Um, and I really, really love the people that I get it worked with. Because again, when you're creative, maybe numbers aren't <laughs> your thing specifically. So True. I like it is a really great opportunity to really serve those people well. Um, and help cool people do cool shit, you know? Yeah, right. no, that's awesome. Was it really, was it that easy though to just turn it into a business? Was it something like you had to make a plan? Oh, no, it was that easy. <laughs> oh my gosh, no, it was not I was like <laughs> laughing because I was like, it was not easy. Oh, okay. <laughs> I was like, well, you know, some people, you know. Yeah, it, it's dropping it, and laugh. Yeah, so <laughs> I didn't know. But so, so tell me more about, and we're, we are talking about Atlantic bookkeeping. That's, that's a bit, so how, how did it really come to be? All right. So like, how did you, what was like the first steps that you took? And um, yeah, what were the first steps that you took? Yeah. So for that first bookkeeping client, they were paying me because again, it was a friend of a friend. I was trying to get my feet wet. They were paying me $50 a month for what turned out to be like five hours a week of work. It was like, I was being severely underpaid, yeah. not making any money, really, really struggling. At that point, I did still have my full-time job, so I didn't need the money. Um, but so it was a great kind of, learning. So was that, did you kind of use that as like your learning experience? Yeah, absolutely. So I really loved the client. I really, like I said, it was a friend of a friend. Um, and I really loved working with them and I saw where I could make more money, but at a certain point it was like, this is unsustainable. If I had, you know, figuring out my income of like, okay, if I want to make $5,000 a month, which is like my living expenses, 
how many clients would I need to do? How many, you know, how many hours of work is that? Right. So I kind of just did the math and was like, okay, this is unsustainable. How can I raise my prices? How can I look for different clients who are going to kind of um, let me take this to the next level? Right. And so how did you do that? Um, so the first thing I did was in, find community. And I'm like, this is a theme I've seen in like the four years that I've been in business, like finding other people who are doing the things that you're doing um, is so powerful. And when you can really get into the community of your competition piece of it, right? Because there was going to be those people who are like a little bit snarky or like a little too competitive, but really being a community of other bookkeepers, other accounts who are like, Hey, yeah, you're massively undercharging. Here's how you can raise your prices and here's how to pitch it to the client. What contracts are you using? Um, to send each other referrals, right? So if I'm in Atlanta and I have someone, you know, come to me from Chicago, I'm like, oh, here's a great person for Chicago. And they can do the same thing for me as well. That really helped to boost my confidence, number one, but then also give me a lot of those tools and resources that I needed to actually raise my prices and, you know, not have a panic attack after it. (laughs) How did you go from, so you were working a full-time job and you started out with a few clients. Where are you now as far as that? Do you still have a full-time job? And, um, how, how was that uh, transition many, of gaining more clients? Right. Yeah. So um, I was a little bit late to take the leap, right? So I got to the point where I almost was a little bit burned out with my full-time job before I let myself go full-time in my business. Um, and I think it's a little bit because I'm a little bit more conservative now than I was, you know, back in my spender days. Um, but no, I don't have a full-time job right now. Basically what I do now is full service CFO for really two or three clients a year, right? So helping them from A to Z of invoicing, expenses, handling your taxes, paying your team, doing payroll, looking at legacy work, right? So making sure you're set up for retirement, making sure you have health insurance, making sure we're doing all of those things. Um, so we're really working with people more in depth, whereas in the beginning, it really was just logging into your QuickBooks or Wave and making sure everything was categorized. So it's really um, a more personal approach and way deeper. So I'm able to go um, really deep with my clients and charge a higher rate for it. Nice. That's beautiful. How do you feel about that, that you are now full-time within your own business? It's incredible. It is so much fun. It is also a challenge, right? So a lot of my friends are still full-time employed. They don't necessarily understand what I do. My mom still has no idea what I do for work, Um, but I love it so much. And again, I think it really comes down to the people that I get to work with. Um, and the middle there, right before, you know, as I was working, really trying to build my business, I didn't have a lot of say with who I worked with, right? I was like, you've got money, you need me, like, yes, <laughs> I will take you as a client, right? And so now that I've grown and really raised my prices and really gotten clear on who I work with, all of my clients are the sweetest, kindest, most generous people that I know. Like, so that's made it really rewarding as well. Yeah, I love that. That's something um, uh, a good friend, also a podcast host, the uh, Mindset Entrepreneur Podcast, she has always said it's so important to identify who your client is, who you want your client to be um, versus just opening the floodgates to just having clients. So I think that's, yeah, I think that's really impactful. Yeah, totally. I joke all the time when you're first starting a business, when you're first, you know, in the weeds of it, you're like, you know, whatever works, pulling, you know, pieces together, you know, just trying to get this thing off the ground, get that momentum going. But once you do kind of like get some speed, you're like, oh, do you actually like working with these clients? You start to, you know, figure out systems, figure out processes. You really start to know yourself and your business a lot more. Yeah. 
Um, what do you think is a common misconception about uh, finances and being an entrepreneur? Yeah, I think the number one thing is that you have to suffer to reach financial independence. Ooh, and financial let's talk freedom. about that. Yes, yeah, <laughs> that's a <laughs> yeah. What do that you is, What do you mean by so? I mean, I know what you mean, but just to elaborate on that. <laughs> yeah, that it's about hunkering down and eating beans and rice. And if you haven't picked up already, I'm poking at Dave Ramsey fans. If you're a Dave Ramsey fan, don't hate me, but we are, we don't stand. Um, (laughs) I just don't, again, it works for a lot of people. It's a really great resource, but I've also seen people really take those tools and become really, have a really, really bad money mindset. Right. So you don't want to buy groceries for yourself. You feel terrible taking care of yourself. You feel like, oh man, I'm so dumb, I'm irresponsible, whatever the story is with money. And that will actually keep you from bringing in more money in the long term, right? You're so focused on minimizing your expenses, not taking up too much space. um, When really, especially as an entrepreneur, your focus really could be on making more money, right? Instead of counting every single penny and having a panic attack because you spent two extra dollars at the grocery store. Yeah, Um, I've seen that system and like those kind of mindsets create a lot of harm towards people. And so I always tell people like, you don't have to suffer to reach financial freedom. Like there is a solution and it's a marathon. It's not a sprint, right? So figuring out a plan that's going to work for you long-term that you can actually, you know, hold on to over the long run. It's always like dieting, right? So it's like, if you try to go keto and gluten-free and vegan and cut out all the things at once, like how likely are you going to stick to that diet as opposed to if you really just, okay, I'm going to focus on eating more vegetables. I'm going to focus on drinking more water, right? Making it a long-term plan instead of kind of the crash diet financial system. So when you um, meet other entrepreneurs, do you, do you notice that most people have that money confidence that you talk about that mindset or is that something that you think that um, comes along the way? Yeah, I think it's, like I said, it's kind of, money confidence, I think is built at a certain stage in business, right? So kind of like we talked about earlier, when you are first getting the ball rolling, you're just getting clients in the door. You're like, you know, piecemealing it together, right? You don't have necessarily a financial system for your business, but I have noticed usually like around like $50,000 to a hundred thousand dollar range. Like when you're really starting to make significant money in your business, people start to get, um, kind of like the nagging fear, right. Of like, am I doing this right? Right. It's no longer like, Oh, you know, whatever works, works all, you know, floating the business with your own personal funds. It's becoming bigger than you. It's really becoming an asset. And so they start to think, wow, am I doing this right? Should I get more support? Should I hire an accountant? And so that's really where people start to think about, um, getting help, getting that kind of advice. Yeah. And what I found to be true is that there is no separation between, I mean, we'd like to think there is between your personal finance and your business finance. If you're pretty lousy at your personal finance, turns out you're probably going to be pretty lousy at your business finance. Do you find that to be true? Oh my gosh. Yeah, absolutely. There's that saying that business problems are just life problems in disguise. <laughs> right? Yeah. And I definitely feel like that's true with money. Yeah. What, what would be some tips or advice you would give out to someone starting a business and worried about that because they're not that great in their personal finances? Like what's some like, let's clean this up and do this the right way guidance you would give? Yeah. So the first thing I always tell people to do is just as scary as it sounds, make it like set a date on your calendar and look at your money more regularly. Right. So if you do not check your bank accounts, you don't look at the bank statements, which 
believe me, I understand. I didn't used to look at them either. Who the looks at bank statements? Yeah. I know. <laughs> I, don't I know. This is a bookkeeper time. in me. I'm like, but please look at them. Um, and so I always tell people that's the first thing, right? Okay. So evaluating, else, is that what it is? So frequently evaluating yourself? Yeah. So the story I always give is you can't control or you can't fix what you don't see, right? If you're not looking at your bank statements, if you have no idea what's coming in and out, if you don't know how much money you need to make in your business to support your life every single month, there's no way you're going to hit it. Um, and so I say, start to look at them, not to overanalyze, right? Not to question yourself, not to beat yourself up about the $10 that you spend at Target, but really just start to see those patterns. So when I did this in my own personal finances recently, and this is kind of a funny story, I am a single woman. It's me and my dog. We don't eat a lot of food, but I noticed from looking at my bank statements, I was spending 60, $75 a week on groceries, right? Because I didn't know what I wanted. I would peruse the store. I'd pick up two bottles of wine and also flowers, right? It just was distracting. It was just me spending too much money at the grocery store every single week, right? And so something that I did that was easy, right? That's not leaning into shame. That's not um, beating myself up, right? About the money that I'm spending on groceries. It was just making a plan, going to the grocery store every other Saturday, having a list. I waste less food. I spend less money. Yeah. It's a win-win, right? But I wouldn't know that. I wouldn't have that information if I never check my bank account, if I'm afraid to look at my bank statements. So that's the reason I say not to, again, not to beat yourself up, not to, over question how much money you spend on coffee, but really to start to be aware, start to see those patterns. And a lot of times they start to fix themselves. I love that. That's actually, that's solid advice. Solid. Yeah. Um, I think something that's overwhelming financially about starting a business is taxes. Just like not wanting to do it right from the beginning, right? Like, right. so we've recently started a business and like, I'm like, Aaron, keep every receipt, do, 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 do like do all this. Right. Like, but like, I don't really know, you like, know, so. I don't know what we're going to do with those receipts. Yeah. So like <laughs> what, when it comes to taxes, do you recommend and you probably and this may be a biased question for you, but do you recommend that you reach out to someone in the very beginning to kind of guide you on what you should be doing? So when tax season hits, you, you know, you're kind of you're prepared or, or is it a certain amount of work you have to do to even worry about that aspect? Of true. Yeah. Yeah. So I would say, I always tell everyone to meet with an accountant in the beginning, even just for taking that stress away. Right. So you're not like staying up at night, like, oh my gosh, it's only six months till April. Am I going to go to jail for tax fraud? <laughs> we always have like the most extreme fears around taxes. Like I yeah. talk to business owners all the time. They're like, I don't know, this $15 receipt. I'm like, you're not going to go to jail for $15. I promise you, I promise you. Um, but the number one thing I would say for small business owners, even if you don't, you know, have the time or resource to re for an accountant, by the way, if you need help with an accountant and a, like a cool accountant, who's not again, a rich old white man, Please reach out to me. I Jillian got you, y'all. <laughs> it's not even me. So I have an accountant on my team. I'm not oh, a CPA, okay. but I do have an accountant on my team that I refer everyone to. He's amazing. He will get on the phone with you and explain with you in detail what all of your numbers mean. Is he an it's old white best. man, though? No. Okay. <laughs> we don't work with old white men here. <laughs> we don't do that here. Oh, man. I love that. Looking for a fun way to raise money for your nonprofit, sports team, organization, or school? Not only does Lamar Marie Gourmet Popcorn have the most delicious gourmet popcorn, but they have a fundraising program that keeps things sweet and simple. No upfront costs, hidden fees, and y'all, it's easy. They set everything up for you. They'll set up a branded website just for you, and all you have to do is share the website link with your supporters. You keep 50% of every Lamar Marie Gourmet Popcorn you sell. Now there's nothing salty about that. 
it's a sweet deal. To start your fundraiser, head over to lamarmarie.com and fill out their fundraiser registration form. Lamarmarie website is in the show notes. Okay, so, so, hmm. So what's your like day-to-day task within within your role in your business then? Because so you don't handle the taxes. You have someone on your team that you're able to do that. So is it like managing just like the day-to-day finances for the businesses? Or what could someone expect if they were to have you, you know, come to you for a service? Yeah, totally. So I always say I help people both on your business and in your business, right? So on the day-to-day stuff, sending invoices, managing expenses, going into your QuickBooks and making sure everything's logged correctly, filing stuff like sales tax that has to be done every single month. Um, I kind of help you with like, again, those day-to-day menial tasks that like stress you out and say on your to-do list forever because we don't want to do them. But then also I work kind of on the bigger level as well, right? So let's say you want to hit $150,000 in your business this year. I'm tracking that every single month, right? What is, you know, what's our most profitable offering? What are we selling the most of? What can we lean into? What launches do we have coming up? How can I help support you with that, right? Like, really helping you again, both on and in your business. It's both big picture and little picture. Yeah. Um, and I do have staff who help me with that. Right. So I have a bookkeeper who helps me with, you know, some of the number crunching. I have Terry who's a specialist with taxes, but really I love to be, and I aim to be like the number one go-to, right? So you have a question come up, you notice something funky in your bank account. It's as easy as sending me, I say a text, but really boxer is the app I use with all my clients, right? I'm your right-hand person helping you kind of with all things finances in your business. That is, wow. Do you know how much stress and just overwhelm that would take off from so many small business owners having some? Oh my gosh. I mean, is that the norm? Maybe I'm, you know, I'm still learning about all this. Is that the norm for for business owners to have a CFO? Yeah. So a lot of people work one-on-one with, they'll have like a bookkeeper, right? Who kind of like does the day-to-day tasks in your QuickBooks or zero or something like that, making sure those kind of work. And then they have like a really high level CPA or accountant who they maybe talk to once or twice a year for taxes. What I've really noticed, again, kind of when you start to make that full-time income, there really is a pivot where you're like, actually I have more money questions between April when I normally see my account right. and things that my bookkeeper may not feel qualified or comfortable, you know, giving me advice on. Right. So I kind of find myself in that in-between of like, you really want more hands-on advice. You really want to have, again, a solid financial strategy with your business. Yeah, and that's, Something like I know I'm a bit of a control freak, yes. and uh, <laughs> I would I think it would be fabulous to have something like this, you know, in my future businesses. But also, like I want to know what's going on. Right. So, do like how in the mix do your clients stay? Like, do you meet with them every so often just to like here? Here's a recap. You know what I mean? Yeah. So they do get financial statements every single month. Um, I have noticed that. In the beginning, it is, it's kind of like outsourcing anything. Um, or I always use the analogy, it's like cleaning before the maid comes, right? Like there is a little bit of like getting used to each other. of like, no, I got you. I promise. I've got your back. Let me do all these things for you. Yeah. Um, but I think once I kind of get in a uh, role or a pattern with clients, it's pretty easy of like, here's the information I know that you want to know every single week or month, right? Here's the status of our invoices. Here's what's coming in. Here's what's going out. Yeah. Um, I mean, because you hear about those, you hear about like celebrities and stuff and like, you know, they trusted someone and then they, they're taxed. They end tax. up owing all these taxes because they weren't on top of it and staying in the know. So those are like the, the things that come to my mind where it's just like, I want to know what's going on. <laughs> yeah, totally. And I totally get that. So something and not, not every CFO is this way, but I am very picky about, I don't want signing access on any of your accounts. Like, I feel like it's really important to have a certain level of separation. Yes, I do have you access to everything, 
but I'm not necessarily going in and paying bills, right? I would right. love to have that level of separation because again, it is a trust thing, right? There are certain clients that I definitely do that for because we've worked together for years, but I really do, again, want to protect your privacy. You are still the CEO of your business, right? I'm here to assist you. I'm here to guide you and give you information, but you are the CEO. You are in charge of your business and you are confident and smart enough and savvy enough to run your own business, right? I'm here to support you and be a part of that. I love that. That's, That's beautiful. Awesome. Yeah. I'm encouraged. I'm really encouraged that this is something that should be a part of a business plan. M people may not be able to start out with it, but definitely as you definitely. grow, it, you know, it definitely should be something that you're working towards so you can really focus on. Because that's something I've noticed, too. So I interview so many people and they talk about the part of the business that they love so much, which is usually like the creativity part, the part that made them want to start the business. But nobody likes the back end stuff. Like nobody gets into business to like handle admin stuff, you know, or handle finances. Usually, you know, right. it's not the goal. So I think that's just such you're an asset, such an asset to, to these business owners and creatives. Yeah, no, I joke about that all the time. I'm like, you did not get into business to be like BFFs with QuickBooks and like looking at spreadsheets all day. Like, exactly. <laughs> yeah. So do you have any daily practices or routines that help you accomplish your goals? Because you're very successful. You've right. done very well for yourself and you've been able to scale and increase your income. I don't know if you want to squeeze and talk a little about, about that too, but um, do you have any daily practices or anything that helps you to achieve your goals? Yeah. So I think something that has been really crucial for me and I, that I've especially learned over the last year with like COVID and everything else happening was like really understanding that I am separate from my business. So I used to be, you know, almost workaholic, right? So like working all the time, replying to client inquiries, um, just like, again, being that right-hand man, it's super important to be really responsive, but something that I've really taken time to do, and which I feel like has really helped me grow my business, which is surprising, is really taking a lot of time to rest. So currently I work three days a week. It's about like 15 to 20 hours, again, depending if a client's on a launch or if it's tax season, that might look a little bit different, but really prioritizing rest has really helped me, number one, grow my business and feel really great about it, right? It's not a thing that I feel like I'm barreling down the train to burnout. I feel like I am rejuvenated, I'm rested. I really get to work with clients I love and I still get to take time to go to the beach, take my dog on long walks, listen to podcasts, right? And really get to still live my life. Um, I feel like, especially again, when you're in the beginning of a business, you're working so hard, you're hustling, you're doing all the things, right? You're probably still have a full-time job. And so for me, kind of deconstructing that or leaving that behind and really embracing a, a more sustainable business flow, um, I would say has been like really, really huge for me this past year. I love that. Um, something you had also mentioned um, when we when you wrote to me earlier is about coaching. What type of coach did you get that helped you improving your business? Yeah. So I am a big proponent of coaching. coaching I am too. That's why I'm asking you that. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'll, I'll start off with saying I have a wellness coach and let me tell you life changing. And I, you know, some people and for good reason, there's a lot of like, um, what scams and stuff out yeah. there, you know, are afraid to like pay for those type of services. And while my health insurance does cover it, I can just say like coaching is so impactful and it made me, it made my mind start turning. If this is, impacting my health so much what if I had a business coach what if I had a finance coach like what if you know all these different ways that I could you know change my life through coaching so I was really that caught my eye up that you wrote coaching so I want to know more about that oh my gosh yeah so um this is probably after the first year in my business I had a couple of clients 
I was earning, um, I was charging a little bit more. So I was doing like $150 a month per client, but still not making nearly enough money to support myself on my own. I was making about a thousand dollars a month at this point. Um, and then I found a coach on Instagram where a lot of coaches are. Yeah. <laughs> and I enrolled in her course after like stalking her for months. And when I tell you it was life changing, I believe you. I, and the number one thing, and I took away so many things from that course, from marketing to confidence, to systems, to money mindset, right? Which I'm a money coach now, but I even struggled with my own money mindset, right? Like, what does it mean about me to raise my prices? What does it mean about me to say I'm in business for myself, right? Um, But the number one thing I took away from that course was business doesn't have to be hard. It can be really fun. And I think, again, coming from that hustle mindset, really learning, leaning into serving, you know, giving a great experience, really loving on your clients well, anticipating their needs before they know, you know, what they need really allowed me to raise my prices and scale and do it confidently. Um, and then that coaching piece as well, right. Having someone who like, again, it's like, I would say business coaching is kind of like therapy for your business, right? Like you are so close with it. You're in it all the time. Sometimes it's having that outside voice of like, Hey, you really are undercharging. You should raise your prices or, I know you're really frustrated with this. What if you simplified the system and put up a calendar link so clients can book with you that way and you're not going back and forth with email all the time, right? It's having that outside voice that really helps you scale faster, right? It's not just, you know, sometimes I think the problems are so close to our eyes, we can't really see them or move past them. They feel like too huge, too overwhelming, whereas a coach can come in, especially if they've been down that road with you or before you can really help you get there faster. Right. So for the, I bet you there's so many people listening that's been thinking about like getting a business coach, but worried that they're, that, it, that they're going to waste their money. Let's just say it. Where are they going to waste their money? What was it for you? You said you followed her for a few months. What was it for <laughs> you that um, was just like, you know what? Let's do it. I'm just going to like, was it something from the coach or was it something inside of you? Like what, what was that moment that made you actually take the leap and do it? Yeah, I think it was a combination. Um, Something I always tell people with coaching is really get to know your coach, right? Don't just meet someone on Instagram and then like the next day pay them thousands of dollars, right? Like take your time, get to know them. It's a relationship like anything else. It's like if you go on a first date with someone and they're like, you know what? You want to get married tomorrow? Like that's too much. (laughs) You're doing the most. Um, And so something that really made me feel more comfortable is I went to a couple of her free workshops. I downloaded her freebies. I watched her Instagram. I realized she talked a lot about her values, which were community, freedom, abundance, right? Things that really resonated with me as well. Um, And I think also it was a personal time, right? So I was really stuck in my business. I was working a lot, right? I had about five clients, still also had a full-time job. And was really ready to scale it to the next level. Right. Um, so then when she, honestly, she personally invited me because I was stalking. <laughs> she was like, hey, I think you'd be perfect for this program. What do you think? And I was like, you know what? Let's do it. Yeah. Um, and it turned out to be a great fit again. But it was also because of all these things before, right? I was invested. I've been following her for a while. I felt like we had similar values. Um, I didn't try to marry her on the first date. <laughs> all of those things kind of go into it. So you started off within the first, how many years have you been doing this now? Uh, it was four years in July. Wow. Congratulations. (laughs) There's your applause. (laughs) That's so dope. I'm proud of you. I know I'm just meeting you, but I'm proud of you. So, so you started off making about, what'd you say? 1k a month when you first started. Do you want to talk about how your numbers increased? 
Oh my gosh. Yes. So I started about, again, five clients starting about $150 each. Um, and now I regularly do $6,000 working. Do the applause again, please. (laughs) Do it again. Yes. That's my new favorite song. I'm gonna oh my, my gosh, I am so proud of you. <laughs> now, looking at, and this is a weird question too, actually, so bear with me. Looking at what you were putting into it that first year and, you know, what what profit you were making to now three days a week, you know, maybe 20 hours and what you're making now. I mean, how? You know, like, like that's incredible. Yeah, I don't even have one solid answer, right? It's a bunch of things, right? It's community, (laughs) it's coaching, it's massively raising my prices, it's trusting myself to make that kind of money, right? Like at a certain point when to go from charging $150 a month to $2,000 a month, like it takes some serious, you know, confidence work and internal work and money mindset stuff. Yeah. Um, So I would say like, again, coaching and community are probably the biggest things that have grown my business. Um, And really just from seeing again, coaching and like seeing the results that I can give my clients has really helped me raise my prices and feel more confident in what I do. Right. Like, again, I'm cute. I feel bad if there's any old white guys listening, but I'm not an old white guy. Right. I care about you. I care about your business. I really only work with people that I really love and support. And so it really is a reciprocal relationship, right? They are paying me well, I'm serving them well, and everyone's happy. Yeah. And do you feel like your mindset has shifted around money? And um, hmm, do you think in abundance? Yeah. Um, I think it's kind of hard at first, right? So I always joke with clients when I'm on coaching calls of like, it's not that you like write down, you know, money comes to me easily. And like, (laughs) that's, you know, like I will say, those things feel annoying when you have like zero dollars in your bank account, when you're worried about how you're going to pay your mortgage this month. Like for me to sit here and be like, money comes to you easily. Monday is abundant, right? Like yeah. you're going to roll your eyes a little bit. And I feel like we've all had those moments with self-help books where you're like, yes, okay, sure. <laughs> but I will say it's so important to find an affirmation, something that you feel more comfortable with, mm-hmm. because what you're really doing with an affirmation is normalizing the kind of life and relationship with money that you want to have. Mm-hmm. Right. So at first, money is abundant, but like BS to me, right? But Mm -hmm. something that felt a little bit easier was um, I can always trust myself, right? I can trust myself with money. Um, Money will always come back to me, right? Finding an affirmation, finding something that feels a little bit outside of your comfort zone, but is, again, takes you in the direction that you want to be. So if you're earning $500 a month in your business right now, maybe an affirmation that you put on your phone or that you write in your journal is, my business brings home a thousand dollars a month, right? Something that just feels a little bit outside of it, but you're normalizing the kind of life you want to have to the point where when you sign, you know, are on the phone with a client, it doesn't sound ridiculous to you. You don't throw up a little bit in your mouth when you're like, Oh, it's $2,000 a month to work with me. Right. You need to be able to say that comfortably. And so having those kind of affirmations, having that kind of money mindset really, again, makes it second nature. (laughs) It's really annoying, but that's how it works. But that's again, how it works. Yeah. Um, Rylan Jones, he's the owner of uh, Lamar Marie Gourmet Popcorn. He was a guest on the podcast and a good friend. He, we went to him with some business advice one day, and we were like, we knew what we were worth as far as um, what the price was we were going to set for this client. Um, but it just felt uncomfortable asking for, asking for the money, <laughs> asking for you know, or saying this is how much we're, we will charge for the service. Right? He said, I want you to say 
$5, you need to say $5 with the same amount of confidence as you say $2,000. Like you need to have that confidence in your voice, whether it's $5 or $2,000 and be confident because you can't, you can't stand behind or even work to the, to the worth of what you're doing. If you're not confident that, you know, that you're worth that. that. Yeah. So I, I, that was something that's always stuck with me. Yeah, totally. I tell my clients to do the same thing. And even I've noticed if they, even if you can get yourself to say it on the sales call or in the meeting, right. Of like, yeah, it's $2,000. You just like shrink away and die. Then if you don't really believe it, if you haven't normalized it, if you're not actively doing work to make that feel real, to make that feel okay, you will self-sabotage. You will mess up that client's work. You will be in your feelings and stay up and miss your meeting, right? Like you will self-sabotage because deep down, that's what it means. I don't feel worthy of charging this amount. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to mess it up because obviously you made a mistake. I'm not worth this amount of money, right? So it's so important that you really normalize the amount that you're want to charge. Yeah, absolutely. Um, So for businesses, I just, I want to touch on this for the businesses that are listening, business owners that are listening, that are at a point where they actually want to scale and grow. Um, but fearful um, because they're because it is that's a, that's that's another risk you take in business is when you decide to scale. What any guidance or any um, tips to give when it's time to scale? Yeah, I always tell people to, especially when it's goal setting, right? Because at a certain point you get to the point where you're comfortable, right? I'm covering my monthly bills. I love my clients now. Why do I need to hit this next level? Why do I need to you know sign more? Um, and so I always really encourage people to like tell me what you want, right? Tell me what the big dream is. And it's actually surprisingly hard for a lot of people, yeah. right? We're really, it's really easy to say what you should want or what your partner wants or what your mother-in-law thinks that you should do, right? But like, what actually sounds really fun and exciting for you? Because if you're going to scale, if you're going to raise your prices and talk to more clients and create a new offering, doing all the things you need to do to actually scale, it needs to be something that you're actually excited about. Or again, you will self-sabotage. You won't, you'll mess up your launch. You won't sign that client. You won't be as excited, right? So like figuring out the thing that actually matters to you, Mm. that is going to light you up. That's going to feel exciting, right? So for me, it might be, I'm shopping for a new car right now. (laughs) So like for me, it might be this new car with all the bells and whistles. For you, it might be like finally buying that dream house. For someone else, it might be finally going on that vacation that they've been dreaming up with their partner and kids, right? It's the dream house for me. (laughs) The beach house, yeah. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> I love that. That's really good advice. Um, what's been the most challenging thing about starting or running your business? Gosh, I would say sometimes you just want to give up. <laughs> so entrepreneurship has, as you guys know, if you're listening to your business centers, entrepreneurship has its good days and bad days, right? You have days where you sign the awesome client. You have an amazing coaching call you get a million inquiries and you're like feeling on top of the world. Then you have days where you get a not so nice email or a troll is on your Instagram account. Right. Or, you know, something else goes wrong. Have riding those ups and downs um, has been really challenging, but that's again, where I'll say that that community really comes in strong. Having yeah. people who know you, who understand the problems you can talk about when your launch is not going well, or the client came back and said, you're way too expensive, right? Who can help you kind of like ride those ups and downs is so, so valuable. Absolutely. And what has been the most proud moment or highlight of your entrepreneur journey? Gosh, um, I would just say my team. I think something that has been, especially the reason I started my business was to leave a job that I did not love. So it's been really empowering to me to 
hire awesome people, queer and black and femme, and just like doing their thing, like really crushing it and be a great boss, right? Be the kind of boss that I would have loved to have. They all work from home. They are contractors. So they, you know, own their own business. We talk all the time. It's, and then really feeling like I'm creating something that's lasting, right? It's not just me. It's having an impact on other people. Um, So I'd say like my team and like really the people I surround myself, my team, my clients, my community, really feeling like it's a part of the bigger picture. I love that. If there was one takeaway you'd want the listeners to take from your story and all the freaking nuggets that you dropped, what would it be? Oh my gosh. Um, I think it always just goes back to like, you are smart enough, capable enough, savvy enough to be money confident and to have a money confident business. Like I'm here to support you. There are so many resources. There's so many people who can support you, but know that you are already enough. I just love that so much. Thank you so much, Jillian. Are you ready for the game? Oh my gosh, I'm so ready for the game. (laughs) (laughs) Let's do it. We're going to play Would You Rather This or That. You ready? Let's go. All right. Would you rather create your own candle scent or your own perfume fragrance? Ooh, candle scent. Nice. Me too. Uh, This or that, Netflix or Hulu? Netflix. Okay. But have you seen that new show on Hulu? Nine nine Perfect Strangers? Perfect Strangers. Check it out. Check it out. And uh, Hulu, if you would like to sponsor this podcast, please let me know. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Would you rather spend over on your food budget or over on your clothing budget? Food budget all the way. Foodie all day, every day. This or that, Android or Apple? Apple forever. Apple forever. Team Apple over here. Team Apple. (laughs) Jillian. Android. (laughs) Jillian, thank you so freaking much. I really enjoy learning from you and hearing your story. How can the listeners reach you? Yeah, um, you can go to getmoneyconfident.com. It's got all my links, ways to find me on social, all the things. Um, and I actually have sent it to you guys already, but I have a free mini course, money confident business. It is spreadsheets, it's templates, it's guides on like how to understand your financial statements. Um, that'll give for free to your listeners. Oh, perfect. Well, we appreciate you. you. Thank you, Jillian. You're so welcome. This has been the most fun hour. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. Help us build this podcast from the ground up please rate and review an Apple podcast. It helps further our reach and your reviews mean so much to us. You can also support us by becoming a Patreon or as we like to call it, a friend of the podcast. Find us on Instagram at The Ground Up Podcast and subscribe to our YouTube channel. Don't forget to share with a friend. Until next time, we're rooting for you. You are amazing. Like, that was so fun. Yeah, no, you're, you're the whole time. I,